Welcome to Wind Down with Kev, a weekly podcast with Kevin Spann, the insurance guru. Each week, listen to Kevin discuss current hot topics with community leaders, business owners, and more. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Kevin Spann, the insurance guru, Kevin Spann, the Allstate agent, Kevin Spann, the voice of Wyandanche, coming to you tonight in my alter ego as Kevin Spann, the host of Wind Down with Kev. Uh, tonight, we're joined by a very, very special guest, a wonderful person, real leader in our community, one of the very prominent young voices. So um, right away, let me just go ahead and ask her, what's in your glass? So today I am drinking some Ciroc uh, Black Raspberry with Lemonade. Nice. Ciroc yeah. Black Raspberry with Lemonade. It's yep. one of those days. You deserve that. You deserve <laughs> that. Enjoy that to the fullest. So full Thank disclosure, you. today in my glass, I have some good old-fashioned Poland Spring. Because nice. we're filming this kind of early, but a little bit later, I'm going to treat myself to a very nice... Loco, a nice homemade sangria I've been enjoying, handcrafted sangria that's being made and delivered. So that's my uh, that's what I'll be winding down with a little bit later. But we're nice. filming this a little bit early. It's only 622 and I got a little driving <laughs> to do tonight. So I got to keep it safe. So uh, people tuning in, my guest this evening is Miss Sam Law. Sam Law, talk to the people and tell them who you are. Who is Sam Law? Um, well, the the short story, I um, I guess I'm Sam Law. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I am a TEDx speaker. I have a master's in mental health counseling from LIU Post. My bachelor's is from SUNY Westbury in psychology. I grew up in West Babylon, New York. I recently moved to my niche about four or five years ago. I own a charity, Young Hip Professionals, Inc. And I also own a digital marketing company, YHP Brand Marketing. Those are my personal businesses. But um, the last few years, I've also been working my day job in the spirits, in the marketing side of the spirits industry. So that I think is like pretty, oh, and I'm a, a model, a published model. Ouch, <laughs> so outstanding. <laughs> outstanding. I love all of the work that you're doing in. And that's just a res, that's just a clean resume version. That's just the uh, official work that you're doing, your nine to five, so you can live indoors and eat like everybody else. Also the nonprofit work that you do from your heart and also what you do to, to help others. Um, so Sam Law, I wanted to talk to you because I follow you on Facebook, I follow you on IG, and I see you as one of the leading young voices in the community. And uh, this is the first of a series I wanna do, just talking to some of the young voices because I believe the young people are our future. And um, I just wanna tap into that a little bit. And we have so much to, uh, talk about. We're going to get below the surface of that surface introduction because um, I learned more about you. I can't wait to talk to you about, but I first want to just start off by having some fun and having a couple of uh, laughs. So first, quick toast. Let's toast to you being here. Cheers. Cheers. All right, let's start off with a little bit of fun. Sam, if you could be 
in any sitcom, what sitcom would you be in? Oh, man. I would have wanted to, well, it's not really a sitcom and the show ended, but I probably would have wanted to be in Vampire Diaries. Vampire? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So that's a new one on me, but talk to me about what character you would be in Vampire and why. Mm, that's tough. I would have wanted to be one of the vampires that was friends with the Salvatore brothers. I had a crush on on um, Ian Summerholder the whole time the series was on, and he played Damon Salvatore. So I probably would have wanted to be on that show. Or I guess as a sitcom, I probably would have wanted to be on Grownish. On Grownish, I don't think okay. that's all the way out. I don't think that's unreasonable even now. It's possibility, okay. I guess, if I audition. Okay. But Grownish, and vampire. Okay, so that that gives some people the insight into uh <laughs> into who you are, into what it's all about. Glad to uh, throw you off a little bit with that, and to make you and to make you laugh a little bit. We definitely gonna have some fun. We got so many serious topics to uh to talk about, to touch upon. But right. um, let me start with this. I was uh, checking you out on IG. And I saw your speech that you gave where you talked about being the daughter of a police officer. I didn't know that. Yes. I um, I grew up in a, a law enforcement family. My father worked for um, the state of New York Police Department for SUNY Old Westbury. And yes, that's where I went to college. Was it the easiest thing? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> I got to spend a lot of time with my dad more so than even growing up because I would see him all day long, you know, so it was, it was a wonderful experience. He, he's a graduate from uh, Wyandanche Memorial High School. Excellent. I don't remember the exact year he graduated, but I know he graduated with um, Daryl Banks. That times that Daryl Banks is one of my mentors and good friends. That puts the time in order about 1974. So that, that sounds about right. Yeah, because yeah. I think my mom went to college in 19. My brother was born in 78. So yeah, that's probably about that's probably about right. 1974 okay. to 76. Beautiful. So, well, I'm, I'm a decent wine dancer story, and you give me a reference point, <laughs> and I probably can. Uh, I definitely probably can nail it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely an honor for you to grow up um, that way in the house of law enforcement. And then to fast forward to 2020, I see you on the front lines uh, leading the efforts um, on one hand, being a voice, uh, helping people to express themselves very articulately against what's going on. Um, what was that experience like being out there on the front lines of some of the rallies? Um, it's it's a, a, a lot of different feelings all at once coming at you. In some ways, it's, it's breathtaking and exciting. You're with all these different groups of people at all, from all different walks of life, colors, creeds, um, ab abilities. And then on the other hand, it's, it's terrifying. You know, you have people heckling you back. When I gave the press conference, that didn't happen. But when we did the Juneteenth March, um, that... Ariana Levin um, put together. She's her mother runs the Women's Diversity Network, Shaniqua Levin, okay. and um, and the Long Island Black Alliance with Jackie Burbridge. And um, when we did that, we were being heckled back, you know, by the community. We walked from 
Amityville High School to Seaford. Wow, and, and not so much in Amityville, but when we got to Mastapequa and in, in the Seaford area, they were some of them were out there like, you know, way to go. And then some of them were like, get out of here. We don't want you here. Go uh, go back to your own country. You know, a lot of F-bombs and Trump flags. So that part was was scary. But because there were so many of us and, and we had a police escort, I felt safe. But it, it can be scary. You don't know if someone's going to try and bring harm to the group or if it's just going to be a, a peaceful experience. But I mean, it, it, you definitely see the two sides of, of this discussion. Well, a great job exercising your constitutional rights, your Thank right you. to freedom of speech, and great job walking through the uh, wonderful mosaic that is America. There's a lot of diversity in America. There's a lot of differences in community. Uh, no community can be or should be painted with one brush. Uh, within right. every community, there are people um, that are going to be for you and people are gonna, that will be against you but it's part of the process and part of the reset button that we're going through now is uh, just to peacefully have the conversation. Right. So we're, we're recording this um, on July 30th. It won't be heard or seen for a few weeks from now, but today um, a historic figure, a man that's referred to as the conscious of Congress was laid to rest and he was known for one quote, uh, or two words really, good trouble. How do you like to get in good trouble in your life as it relates to helping people and advancing the cause? I think I get in good trouble on a daily basis. I'm very opinionated. I've learned to hold back some of my opinions over the last two years. <laughs> it's not easy, but um. I also back up what I say. Like I'm out there doing the work. I'm out there getting involved, getting my hands, I guess, uh, good dirty. <laughs> yes, that's good. <laughs> but um, you know, I one of the ways that I I really I feel like I've gotten into good trouble was by starting a, a 501c3 by starting Young Hip Professionals. I think that was the major step um, in just trying to to disrupt this this um, systemic racist atmosphere that we've been living in it for far too long. 400 years of oppression is, is too much. Okay, so let's talk about Young Hip Professionals. You started Young Hip Professionals a couple of years ago. So this wasn't reactionary, it was proactive. Um, so talk to me about the foundation, the founding of it, uh, what the purpose of it was when you started and where you guys are today. So I originally started in 20, 2016. Um, I was sitting talking to my boyfriend about it and I told him that I wanted to start something. I just felt deeply in my heart that I wanted to start something. I didn't know what. It started out as a, um, a experiential marketing type of company with a focus in hosp hospitality. So like I said, I have, I have a background in marketing and the spirits industry. We started out bartending and hosting and, and serving at, at weddings and, 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 and different types of parties and events. And then from that, other people that I got involved with and other things that I got involved with, it became a networking group um, filled with minorities of it that were just in the, in, they were influencers in journalism and in, in the arts and in, in, um, fashion, sports, 
and it, it was really exciting. And um, from that, that was probably around 2018. So about two years later, it kind of like just naturally transitioned into that. And then in 2019, I actually split the brand. So it went from the networking group and still doing like events to now I split the event side and made that um, YHP brand marketing and then made Young Hit Professionals a charity so that we could, because there were things I was being told I couldn't do from the town, you know, because I wasn't a 501c3. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to go be a 501c3. So within uh, about four weeks, six to four, six, four to six weeks, I was a 501c3 from when they told me I couldn't do what I wanted to do. <laughs> so so that's, that's awesome. So from the listening audience standpoint, I think that's so amazing um, that you got the proper feedback that you couldn't do certain things because you didn't have the proper structure in order to do it, that you didn't take that pushback and just walk away. You went out and formed the right organization so you can do things the right way. So going back to your impetus for it, the desire to start something, um, years ago, um, Tiger Woods had a charity called Start Something. And it was, uh, he ran it through various major stores. And it was for young people to start anything, anything that was in their heart. If you took the right steps to start it, he would assist with the funding. Oftentimes, people have these great desires to change the world but they don't take the first steps themselves to invest a few hundred dollars in establishing a 501c3 so that you can do the right things the right way. So uh, I'm impressed that you didn't take that feedback and allow it to discourage you, that you went ahead and you did form the 501c3, and now you're in a position to do charitable work the right way. So talk about some of the charitable requests and things that you've tried to do or things that you would desire to do going forward. So in the beginning, like I said, a lot of it was um, structured around networking and, and getting to the next step in your career or starting a new career. That is still the major focus of the um, charity. But now we've added some policy into the mix. So in the beginning, we, um, we were doing local events, uh, educating people on different types of careers and in fields that people don't necessarily think of right away, like journalism, modeling, acting, performing arts. And um, we still do that. <laughs> but within that, we, we, we added some other focuses. We added gaming, the gaming industry. We partnered with the Long Island Gaming League. Um, Dennis Buchanan has been um, a, a great mentor to me through this entire process from when I met him, I want to say in 2017 till till now so I, I've become come a part of that organization and um, we've also done a lot with the Urban League Shades of Long Island um, minority millennials we we held uh, several networking events throughout 2019 that were they were super impactful we're talking about events to a hundred people of all different the way I love it all different colors creeds, and <laughs> backgrounds we're coming out and hanging out and, and, and building together and, and exchanging information and starting. It was cool to see like different projects pop up from those networking events. We also did some some um, partnering with the Microsoft, the Microsoft store at Walt Whitman Mall. We held a coding camp for the youth. We held a, a Mothers and Gamers event 
with Microsoft and Long Island Gaming League explaining the career options that can come from gaming. It, it, it's it, just it, been it's massive. It, it's massive. So um, our personal history is I knew you through events and through your, uh, your partner, Jaren, um, before I actually met you, I kind of sponsored an event on the strength of right. a relationship with Jared and we never met, but we had a first chance to meet formally at a black and white uh, tie affair um, last year. And that was a nice gala, a lot of people, a lot of money raised for a very good cause. Allstate was one of the sponsors. So that was our first chance to say hello. But let me dig into gaming a little bit. Gaming is a broad word. So let's let's define it and get a little bit of focus around gaming. What do you mean specifically by, by gaming? So the focus is really on, um, I want to say console and PC games or anything from Fortnite to The Sims, Pokemon. What else Excellent. is everyone playing in the group? They're playing Call of Duty. Excellent. So all of the online video games. Okay. I love it. I love it. Two of my three sons are gamers, really one, but my middle one doesn't play as much. My youngest son does play for an outlet. But the other side of it is really the important side. Introducing kids to coding is everything. It is. That is the, uh, if you're, I feel like it's a necessary, it's a necessary skill coming into the new millennium and, and you know you're going in 2020 it's a new era and you want to prepare especially children of color to be able to compete in these markets and they have if you go to learn i think it's code.org you can literally they they literally use games that children like to play like minecraft um i think fortnite might be one of them but the children can literally go on there and they have these little lessons set up using games that they're already familiar with and and they're learning i mean i'm sitting there with the kids their parents are sitting there with them and we're we're coding we're we're creating wow. something we're making the characters move you know coding it's really a language it's like math it's like spanish you're just learning a, a new language and, and learning how to communicate with technology you're speaking I, the language of technology i mean that's that's beyond incredible so these kids that you gave the coding opportunity what age range are we talking so we had, we broke it up in a two separate groups. We had a younger grammar school group, I want to say like um, six to eight. And then we did a little bit older. I think it was 10 and up. It, it, we didn't really have a cutoff. But the, the one for the younger kid, the program we used was really tailored to younger children. And then the, one, the group for the older children was tailored to any anyone like um i would say anyone eight nine to whatever like the parents were doing it and it was with the game they were familiar with which was minecraft so it was it was really nice everyone was happy we actually also partnered with the urban league on that event and um it, it was a success it was full <laughs> which good. was nice good and um we got great feedback unfortunately if we bring it back again, it would, we would have to bring it back a different way due to the pandemic because we can't really enjoy these opportunities in public spaces right now. So Absolutely. it is We're, something I'm considering strongly. It, it's something I hope that we can do again. Uh, it might be a year from now, but it's so worthwhile. The whole time you were talking about it, I thought about something that I read in Steve Jobs' book 
a couple of years ago. Um, at the time, I think in Obama's second term, he was asking Steve Jobs to bring more jobs back to America. Mm. And Steve said, conceptually, I would love to, but practically, we don't have the skills in this country to mm. do the work if I brought the jobs back. And I'm a firm believer in repetition and teaching uh, children things early. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell right. talks about the 10,000 hour rule. If you put it on enough time to anything, you'll master it. So definitely uh, very hopeful that the gaming opportunity you guys worked on, that it will, uh, that it will come back. Okay. Yes. I'm going uh, to uh, change pace a little bit, talk a little bit more about you and good trouble. So on the one hand, we okay. talked about you being at the rally marching, but one of the uh, prep conversations that we had is that you're in the process of working with the Riverhead Police Department and diversifying the department a little bit. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Um, this is it's a new experience. Um, it was it was brought to me by a partner in advocacy, um, Jerome Bost of Millennial Connect. And when he came to me about the idea, it, I was like, absolutely. Um, apparently in Riverhead, there was maybe like a, a, a rally and some of the residents, you know, they asked the chief of police, what's what's going on? You know, why aren't there more people of color on the Riverhead Police Department. Now the Riverhead Police Department presently has, I think one person actively on the force, a uh, two. One is Hispanic and one is African-American, African-American woman, she's a detective. And um, you know, they're, they're a department of, of 80, I believe. And they were just like, well, how come there's not more? Now overall in Suffolk County, there's about 2,600 officers and there's only 52 that are African-American. So say this is again. a problem. Say that again, 2,600 There's about 2,600 uh, Suffolk County police officers and there's only about 52 that are black. That's interesting. This is not a new conversation. It's an ongoing one. Um, definitely something that we have to work on, I think within our community as well as outside and that, um, I know people in Suffolk County Police Department, I know the county executive, and I know they want that number to change. Um, internally, I don't think we do a good enough job of guiding people towards that career because when things go wrong, we um, feel, experience a lot of things and we may direct people away from it. Right. But we definitely need to uh, be a part of the solution. And uh, being, being on the force is definitely being a part of the solution. So all good things with your work with that. Anything specific happening um, out of that, encouraging people to take the test? So, um, any auxiliary programs where people can get introduced to it at a younger age so they can see, feel it, touch it before they get to the test and have an idea of how it works? So those are definitely things that are in the plans. We, um, we have two other charities that are involved. We have ACEs and um, Cops and Kids. So that, that, that is the goal is to, is to get it. So it's to understand where people, you know, why people aren't signing up for the tests that are of color. There was a federal mandate given to Suffolk County to get more people on the force. And within Suffolk County, you have town and village PDs. And a lot of times within the town and village PDs, they want 
their um, officers to be from that area. So Suffolk County is a little more broad, but when it's town and village, they, they go through residency first. So if you take the civil service test, you go through the whole process, you meet all the requirements, you know, you can be invited onto those police forces um, respectively, but residency does impact that. So the goal is obviously to, for the next cycle, to get more people of color, more women to take this test. And from there to really hone in on, on the Riverhead Police Department, find out maybe where people are going wrong in the, in the I think it's a non-step process between like the agility test, the, the, the civil service exam, the background screen, the psychology test, you know, really just finding out what's going on. There's a lot of, there's a lot of detective tests. There's a lot of moving parts just to get in the door. Absolutely. <laughs> Way more yeah. than you go through at any other, any other job. And um, we want to see where, where these issues are, focus on them and, and work on building ways to overcome these issues and getting more people of color in the force. Because I mean, I, as a person who has a master's in mental health counseling, just to talk about, um, you know, the MMPI, which is like the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality, I forgot what the I stands for, but <laughs> it's a test that that you get some insight on on who a person is, what their personality is like, a little bit of their intelligence. The language of these tests historically is not made for Black people to understand, you know, and, and just going that, back. That to turns the back to the early introduction you know i'm uh i'm an average sports fan i've coached sports for a long time but i think part of this reset button is that we're going to redirect some of our energies towards some of these things early so when i hear you say cops and kids i think of that when i hear you say coding i think of that um just how to redirect kids to get introduced to other things earlier right. uh, that they can become passionate about and look forward to engaging in because um, I just see it full of opportunities that we just haven't tackled as of yet. There is a lot of opportunity, civil service. It, it really is a, um, the civil service system is a way to access wealth. And that that is the main goal of my organization is to, to build wealth. I mean, when you look at Young Hip Professionals right underneath, it says a network to enhance your net worth. And one of the keys to that is is through the civil service system. It, 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 it's a way into the middle class and upper middle class. And we want more people of color to have access to that. So this is a stepping stone. And it, it, will, it can also build positive relationships between the police force and communities of color. That, that's what you want a thousand percent. And it's beyond, uh, it's beyond the police department. It's all civil service. And then it's coupling the other side of what I see you doing. It's uh, getting the solid base of introduction to civil service, but also at the same time, concurrently pursuing your entrepreneurial spirit and creating your own thing. So uh, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, the end game has to be equity beyond equality. Equality is a nice term, but it's not tangible. Equity is right. tangible. So I look back at some of the home ownership efforts that you guys have done. Those things, they're, they're tangible. Equity right. is tangible. So that's really important that we embrace all of those things as well. Sam, one of the things I'm enjoying about talking to you is that you are a master networker. Oftentimes people uh, are really excited about one thing and they want everybody to stop what they're doing to come to support it. However, 
when you in turn have an event or someone else has an event, they're never there. And that's just not the right way of, of networking. Um, so how did you get, um, how did you learn to support so many other people's activities as opposed to just saying, look at me, I'm Sam, I have some ideas, everybody should come. I think it kind of goes back to growing up in a, in a church, <laughs> you know, um, the theory of kingdom building is, it, it's, it, 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 it's, it works, you know, if you, if you sit there and, and you see someone within your community that's doing something that's important that can educate people, give, lead them to, to wealth opportunities, you want to shine a light on that. It's not all about, it's not all about me. You know, it's about how we can build bridges amongst each other and, and create strong communities. So that's, that's what I think it, it kind of comes from the, the, the idea of like building God's kingdom, you know, and um, I've translated that obviously into the secular world as well. It, everything you do, you have to be the light that God um, he wants you to be and that he's, he's, he's molding you to be. So that, that's really where I think it comes from. I think it's always kind of been an innate feeling in me. I, I, I love seeing people do well. I love it when I see two, like, like I say, Hey, um, Kevin, I want you to meet so-and-so and, and they have a, a marketing company like, Oh, Kevin, I want you to meet, um, Godson from Blue Surge Marketing, or I want you to meet my friend Kenny Key from Famous Internet Solutions. He can help you with your SEO. You know, I want you to meet these people because you guys can help each other. You know, if you, you get some services from them, their their pocket obviously is a little a little fatter with money in it, but you're also receiving what you need on the end to grow your wealth. And I think that's important. Plus, I mean, friendship. Is, is is important too you can you can broaden your your base of friends i think we've in the last 20 30 years there's a lot of isolation in our communities and and we don't reach out we don't know who our neighbors are anymore we don't know who the moms are at schools anymore the the dads like all of that that's we've kind of become so into ourselves and what goes on in our own world and we're not an island, you know, no, I mean, no, we live people, on an island, but we, people uh, are not an island. We, we definitely need each other. And I think, right. uh, I think um, two words that I like that are being used a lot is alone together. You know, right. we can socially distance, we can do some things alone, but uh, technology allows us to have this together. We're having a conversation together. We're having a drink together. Right. But at the same time, we're alone. Right. Right, and and so, we're not spelling, we're not spreading coronavirus. Not at all. Not, not <laughs> you know? at all. This but, podcast is my is my um, my innovation out of the isolation because right. I also networked a lot. Right. I wanted to still have conversations with an array of people. I talk to different people every day that inspire me. Uh, this gives me a chance to share inspirational stories. So you, you mentioned something. We're going into the uh, the final stretch. Um, it is July as we're doing this, probably August when this is seen. You're a mom. You have a child. What grade? I have two children. Two I children. have a 17-year-old who's going to 11th grade, and I have a 9-year-old who's going to 4th grade. Perfect. Talk to me about your thoughts on back to school. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen yet, but what are your feelings and your thoughts about them going back to school in September? It terrifies me. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm listening every day. You know, we're hearing, especially how, first our our state was like leading in in the numbers and deaths, and now our state is like everybody stay away because now it's it's starting to peak everywhere else. And I'm just like, we're doing so good right now. Why change that? You know, and, and I, I personally went through a loss. And my son, he lost his grandfather, you know, another great resident from Windanch community, rest in peace, Fred Braswell, you know, and, and I don't, I don't want to add, you know, I lost my dad a few years ago. I don't want to add to that list. You know, I, I, I just don't, I don't want to lose anyone else. I don't want anyone else to lose anyone else. And I think I'm okay with staying home and um, doing the homeschool program with my children. If I had to work nights to get it done or whatever I have to do, I'm okay with doing that. But I do understand that not everybody can do that. So I, I think it needs to be like a, a, a split thing where there's there's opportunity for parents that want virtual learning but if they if they really can't do it because of you know need for child care that that opportunity is there that they can go go to um school in person i've had the pleasure over the last few weeks since summer to um get involved in some events with new york Edu education trust and and listen in and talk with other parents and educators on on how to do this well in New York State. And, um, you know, I have conversations daily with um, a good friend of mine, Jackie Burbridge. She's on educate, uh, Governor Cuomo's Reimagine Education Advisory Board. Excellent. You know, so it's, it's, you know, the power of networking allows me to be kind of in involved in these, in these conversations. So it's not just, you know, I'm talking to my, my homegirls and my family about you're, it. You're not I'm watching able the to, news and hoping for the best. Right, I'm you're able expressing to really your get, opinion to people of influence that, that can make a difference. That can make the difference. Right. Well, right. Sam, you have said everything. I don't have anything to add to it or take away from it. Um, my last question I want to ask you this evening, you're doing, uh, so much mom uh what you do in your your primary work what you're doing in networking and helping so many people in the community introducing people young people to new things what do you want to be known for i don't know <laughs> you know i <laughs> i have no idea i guess you know they say that that dash that um yes the thing that matters most about you is that dash with yes. on your epitaph between your sunrise and your sunset so i just want that my dash meant that i was able to to touch a lot of people and that through that touch that they that they grew in in one way or another you know mentally emotionally spiritually fiscally, whatever it is that they, that they grew. And, and as their star ascends, I just want to be in the stardust. So wow, I, and that's not mine. That's icons, but that's amazing. That's an impressive answer. Uh, it's impressive that you go right to the dash because the dash poem, most famous poem ever written. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, Google the dash It's worth knowing, but definitely, uh, Stay focused on your dash. Keep doing all you can do with your dash. I'm going to close with a, with a toast. Okay. Um, all good things. Thank okay. You. All the best to you, your dash, your journey, and all the Thank good that you're bringing to the community. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Wind Down with Kev. You can find Kevin Spann, the insurance guru, on Facebook at AKS Insurance, Instagram at Kevin Spann underscore insurance guru, and on Twitter at Kevin Spann Guru. Have a topic you would like to discuss or a guest you would like to see on the show? Send Kevin an email at Kevin Spann at allstate.com.